Hey, husband. Yes, wife. Why are dogs bad dancers? Why? Because they have two left feet. Wow. Welcome everyone to Random Thoughts. I'm wife. And I'm husband. And we are here to bring you all the gaming news and related conversation of the day. And revelry. All the revelry. What revelry exactly? I'm I'm really not sure. I'm just following your lead right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just I just thought it would be fun to say the word revelry. Of course you did. Every once in a while it's fun to say words. Words mean things, husband. Oh well, yes, just they say do. them. Well, you can. You it's just not necessarily a good idea. <laughs> anyway, so we are back, and we are back talking about the WoW TCG. Yes. So there has actually been some interesting developments, wife. Yes. For so... those of you out there, and really everyone who's audio listeners, I'm tapping my fingers together like maniacal supervillain yeah. because there have been. Because events that really, have happened. You really need to tap the the fingers together to look like a maniacal supervillain. What? Well, I guess technically you could have a cat and be sitting in like one of those high back chairs, you know, with your back to somebody, and then you spin around. I was I was mostly like your blow felt. I was mostly referring to the ridiculously overlong beard right now, but that's another story. First of all, the beard is not that long. It's 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 pretty long. It's not that long. Um. Everyone mentioned to husband that he should probably trim, just a trim. Well, now, we'll leave it up to the people to decide, because if you go watch our Twitch stream, you can see, well, I'm wearing a mask, but <laughs> yeah, you can see the beard from underneath the mask. Yeah, it's Optimus Prime with a beard. That's just what everybody wants to know. Anyway. Well, Twitch stream, as we said, just real quick aside, twitch.tv slash House of Random. Yes. We do, or I do a show with... A former WoW TCG celebrity, I guess yeah. Scott Landis. Scott so Landis. You may he have wrote heard the a lot name of articles. Before. Won a he lot of wrote a few. He, yeah. You may have heard of him before. Yeah, he was. He he did a lot with the WoW TCG, and now he and husband have focused their sights on the new Transformers TCG. Yep. Um, and they run uh, most weeks, except for this past week because of the holiday. Yeah. But most Thursdays, um, they. Get together, they talk about Transformers, and that's about all I got. I watch it, and now I'm trying to play Transformers, and I'm, I, yeah, it's hard, but it's still good. It's a good game. Well, speaking of playing Transformers, before we get into the specifically WoW TCG-related news, there is another con coming up in the very near future. Yes, um, so PAX Unplugged is coming up in, really, by the time this goes live, at the end of this week. Yep. Um, so it's really exciting. We like it a lot because it's in our backyard, so, so we don't have funny to Funny story, the official PAX Twitter account, yeah. who, the name I don't remember of, but that's not really important. You can find it pretty easily if you go looking for it. They actually tweeted out that, again, the, I, I think they were calling it the Dead CCG Society or something, is going to be running a dedicated room for games that, well, have are pushing up daisies. Yes. So, um, last year, there was that really scary game, uh, Hecatome. Yep. Um, this year, there might be some random WoW TCG playing? 
Yeah, uh, I don't not, think... Not really, like, set events. We're just gonna possibly meet up with some old friends and play some old favorites. Yeah, so definitely hit us up, any of our contacts, all the, the usual things. It'll be in the show notes, but you could hit us on Twitter at RandThoughtPod. Uh, mm-hmm. we're, gonna, we're working on rebranding some of that stuff so that it'll be a little bit easier for people to find us. But like I said, check out the show notes for any of our contact stuff. Let us know if you're coming to PAX, if you're interested in playing any pickup classic games. Because like wife said, since it's kind of in our backyard, it's very easiest for us to lug stuff around. Yes, and we also don't need to have a set schedule as to when we arrive and when we go, hey, we could even come home and then go back. Theoretically, it does, despite being close, it still takes a little bit longer to do that. Well, yes, but in theory, it could happen. Yes. I'm just saying, it's a possibility. But we will probably be hanging out all day, every day, in the general TCG area, Mm -hmm. uh, because there's a number of different games that we're going to be playing, including Lightseekers, Transformers, obviously, wow, if we get the opportunity, and then doing a bunch of other learn-to-plays, other, you know, Gruff is going to be yeah. making an appearance, which is actually... Gruff's going to be there, yep. um, which is really cool. And if, you know, you happen to play this game called Legend of the Five Rings that I really want to try out, but I've literally never been able to find a learn-to-play, hit me up so I can learn how to play. Yeah, it's weird. Some of the, the schedule for PAX is... So I was talking to some people at a different a Light Seekers event, and it, it bothers me, and maybe we've been spoiled by Gen Con, but Gen Con has their event schedule... I mean, we're looking, always looking forward to it, so it's, oh, is it out yet? Is it out yet? Is it out yet? But, realistically, they do put it out several months in advance. Mm-hmm. PAX still feels like there's still uncertainty in the schedule. Yeah. I mean, we really only does. found out about the Transformers events at the end of last week, officially. Yeah. So, and that's from Wizards of the Coast. And it's kind of... Why is all this stuff up in the air? Like, why is this not set in stone months ago? And, yeah. you know, and like to your point about Legend of the Five Rings, it, I don't think there are any learn to play events officially on the No, there are sh- no official learn to plays. I'm going to try to like one, right? show up and be like, hey, anything possibly happening that's maybe not on the official schedule? I mean, the, it feels like such a silly thing to not have, hey, learn to play our game when but, it's going to be a general tabletop gaming convention. But maybe it's, like, it's such a general tabletop gaming convention that, like, everybody else on the face of the planet except me has actually tried this game. No, because it... Okay, so here's something, and I know we're getting way off topic, but here's something that everybody listening to this, because obviously you're a gaming enthusiast if you're listening to this show. If you're just a novice, I, I find it unlikely that you found our show. Yeah. You know, if you're just starting out, but maybe you are. If you are really into something, no matter what it is, you are in the minority of the population in general. Mm-hmm. You have to take a step back and think, okay, well, yeah, I'm super into the WoW TCG. Even when it was at its height, even when World of Warcraft was at its height, there are still people out there walking around that don't even know what it is. And I know that sounds crazy. It hurts me. I know that sounds insane. Yeah, but, but it's I, true. I, I don't remember if I brought this anecdote up on this show or, or the one with Landis or a different... But I went to play Transformers at a shop in South Jersey. I was there, we were getting set up, and I said, Oh, I forgot something in my car, let me run back. So I walked to my car, walked back, and then this group of people were just, you know, walking on the sidewalk in front of the store. They walk past, they look at it, and they go, Wow, Magic the Gathering? I didn't even know that still existed. 
And I just turned around and looked at him like, what planet are you from? How do you not? And then, yeah. but I had to take a step back and, you know, to the average person, they don't realize it. Even, and that's also true, more to the point, within the gaming community, just because you are the, like, yes, everybody's aware of magic if you're a gamer. We'll assume everyone, which, again, probably isn't true. But not everybody knows how to play. Not everybody mm-hmm. knows how to get into it or what the Pro Tour is versus a Grand Prix versus a FNM versus whatever. To be point, fair, I still don't know what those differences are. But the point is, is why? how can you not run a this is a beginner event at least yeah. one a day? Come on. Yeah. Like, that's I, crazy. You would hope. Um, and I'm hoping for some beginner events. Um, I know there's going to be a couple beginner Pokemon events, so I'm excited for those. Yeah, but you, you know how to play that game. Only kind of, plus <laughs> I'm scared of playing against real people in Pokemon, but that's, you know what, that's way off topic, so we'll <laughs> rein it in. Um, but yeah, let us know if you're going to be at PAX Unplugged. Husband and I will be there. We'll probably bring a couple classic decks to mess around with. Well, if we hear from people. If, if we, we hear from people. <laughs> uh, but we are going to be there all three days, so if you catch us on Friday and, you know, Look for my, I'll probably be wearing my Optimus Prime mask. So if you see a bearded Optimus Prime walking around, it's probably us. Yeah, and if you see a wife desperately trying to avoid a bearded bearded Optimus Prime, uh, that is definitely us. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I'm going to avoid you like the plague. Anyway, let's run it, roll it back to our WoW TCG news. So the big news for this is... Logan recently had a big announcement, wife. Yes, he had a very big announcement. It's super exciting. It's winter time, and it's time for a winter special. Yep. So if you head on over to the Retro Wow TCG Facebook group, and it's also actually on the official Retro Wow TCG website. Yes. He is hosting a winter league online. So you can. There are some rules about how it actually, you know, like the logistics of how it shakes mm-hmm. out. But the bottom line is, play a bunch of games, and then you're going to rank up on the, the ladder, yeah. so to speak, on this. Which is a really cool way to get people invested and interested in... We're not quite at the literal opposite end of the year as Gen Con, but we're getting there. Yeah, it's also, it's it definitely feels like a lull time for Gen Con, for gaming in general, even though we do have packs next week, so I guess it's really not. Well, it, it, does it feels be- like a wow lull. Not a not a, a resting period. Well, it, it's also good because to your point, it's a the off-season, so to speak, or getting to that point. But it it's keeping interest on that upswing, but it's also during a time and at a pace because you can play the games kind of at your own pace. It's not, okay, everybody show up, we're going to play an 8-12 to 12 our tournament on this weekend. Mm-hmm. You're going to play it over the course of a season so that that way you can coordinate with your opponent. You know, everybody's got stuff going on around this time of year. It always makes it super complicated. So it's going to be interesting to see how these games shake out, what people decide to bring, you know, how they're going to, you know, it, it, there's a, more stuff to talk about, which is going to be yes. fun. I'm very excited to see the results or if. Anybody records it, because there is a caveat in there. Basically, the incentive to record your games and then post them, which obviously will drive more eyeballs to the game, he's adding, you basically score more points by doing that. Yeah, so it will be really interesting to see. 
I hope we get to see a lot of fun gameplay. Um, I'm honestly, I'm kind of hoping I can try to partake at least a little bit um, with, you know, lots of different work schedules. But I'm really excited to watch, and I'm excited to see what people bring to the table and what they have. Absolutely, yeah. So definitely head on over to the official RetroWow TCG Facebook group or the RetroWow TCG website, and you can pick up more information there on how exactly to play in the league, what the rules are, when it starts, when it ends, blah, blah, blah. It's definitely going to be interesting. I'm super excited to see what the results are. I am too, and I think think that might lead us into our main topic of conversation. Yeah, it kind of segues pretty it's, nicely. Like. Yeah, so um, before, a long time ago, um, and by a long time ago I mean about a year ago, husband and I were discussing, along with many of you, what cards maybe shouldn't be seen in our winter classic league. Or really any league. Or really any league. So, so today's discussion is hmm. all about the bands. So to set the stage, set the scene, wife. Way <laughs> back when, Wait. whenever we had this last this discussion last, you're saying about a year ago. Seventeen, I think. We were specifically pointing our targets and focusing all our lasers on a single card. Yeah, we were focusing everything on one card because it's ubiquitous through many decks, and we went through. I forget exactly how you phrased it, but magic standards for how they ban things. Yep. It was, we basically broke it down by the rules or, I guess, guidelines. I don't think Wizards of the Coast ever officially said that these are their rules, but they basically said these are their rules as of several years ago. I'm sure things have changed since yep. then. But there were several rules that they outlined for their modern format. That's the actual name of the mm -hmm. format is modern. And basically it amounted to... You know, we don't want the games to end too quickly. We don't want a single deck to dominate. We don't want things to be super unfun. Yeah. And that's kind of what they model the format after and say, okay, well, if this certain combination causes games to end a little too fast, we're going to do something about it. If it turns out, hey, no matter what, even if this deck isn't that good, everybody thinks it's that good. Yeah. And it's now 80% to the meta. We're going to do something about it because they, they really did want to make an effort to cultivate basically the same sort of thing that we're looking at for Classic where it's a non-rotating, meaning eternal yeah. format. The cards never leave. You're always going to be adding stuff to it. And if you're constantly stuffing things into a closet, mm -hmm. eventually you're going to have to clean it out. Like yeah. it, it, You're only going to fit so many things in before there's suddenly a problem. Yeah, and also it's a great way to ensure diversity when you're out yep. in a matchup because there are cards in this game and every game that are, they are the best cards. There's no other way to put it. They are the best cards, and that's why everyone runs them. Now, it's it becomes a point of contention, and obviously Magic being the 800-pound elephant in the room, they, they have a lot of voices, we'll put it that way, where yeah. no matter what decision they make, there is a vocal portion of the player base that are going to be unhappy, no matter what you do. And yeah. some people are just complaining for the sake of complaining. Some people are truly upset. Sometimes they're legitimate complaints. Sometimes they're not. It doesn't matter. It's going to be no different for this game because no matter what, people are going to be attached to certain things, certain play styles, or you know, human beings change is scary. 
Yeah. So it's going to be important to make sure as we're discussing this, A, remember, we're, we're just outsiders and these are our own thoughts. Definitely chime in with your thoughts because we're mm-hmm. always open to hear what... And yeah. I think it's important to have that discussion. It's healthy. Of, okay, this card feels oppressive. Is it really, though? Again, like our yeah. earlier discussion, can we take a step back and look at, okay, I personally hate this card, whatever it happens to be. But is, is it, it really that bad? Yeah. Or it maybe I really love this card, but it really is a problem. Like yeah. that, and Which is a couple of the cards that I'm going to bring up, and my heart is literally going to break when we start talking about it, so just mm-hmm. know that. So we did... I don't really want to go too far into Broderick, so we'll we'll start with him. All because right. we did already do an episode on it. Bottom line is, is I think... So... I'm trying to think of an easy, succinct, like, two-sentence answer, but and I think it comes down to this. The format's super aggressive. We all are aware of that. Yes. This is going to be more than two sentences. No, <laughs> format, really. Format's super aggressive. We're all aware of that. Broderick basically excises all X1s. If you have one health, you are unplayable. Yeah. By virtue of Broderick existing. The vast majority of one drops have one health. Mm-hmm. Meaning the vast majority of one drops are virtually unplayable. Obviously werewolves, Lady Bancroft, Garrett Vice, etc. Yeah. There are exceptions. There always are. But most of those one drops are bad anyway. Yeah. But I could certainly I see... I mean, there's a ar- couple that I could see, like... Being legitimate, especially if Broderick wasn't there. But I think that even though Broderick's really strong, I don't... And yes, he does negate a lot of one-drops. I don't think it matters that much. I I think Broderick does more good than evil because he helps keep certain things in check. Otherwise, I think other aggressive lines would run rampant. Mm-hmm. The the fact that you could have... Like, there are some matchups that I think hinge on Broderick existing, which, if yes, if Broderick were to go away, he's only four cards in your deck, you're not necessarily likely to have him to begin with. I don't, th- I don't think it's as much of a problem as a lot of people would think. Yeah. I think he's just very powerful, and by, again, by virtue of the entire history of the game... You're only going to see the most powerful cards. Yeah. There, there's a certain point where you hit a threshold of, okay, we have all these cards. Some of them are going to cause others to become unplayable because they're just better versions. Mm-hmm. Broderick, because he does something so unique, happens to push a lot of things out. If Broderick wasn't there, there would be there's enough cards that another card would fill the vacuum. Yeah, and I think multiple other cards could fill, fill the vacuum, and actually I think that could possibly m- make its own problem. I'm kind of coming into the idea that Broderick's like a spider, and he's killing all the little bugs that would have been a bigger problem than just the spiders. I think you've been reading nursery rhymes too much. Probably. Because did you swallow a spider to eat the fly? I don't know why she felt swallowed the fly. Perhaps she'll die. Well... That's the question. Is the format dead if Broderick goes? Anyway, anyway, we did do an entire episode on this. Our bottom line thoughts, and again, we would love to hear from people. I do not think Broderick should go. I think that 
it provi he provides a useful tool. I think both green and blue could definitely... Well, blue, I think, they don't necessarily need their own Broderick because they have it in McHale. Yeah. Blunt. I think maybe you add another blue card and then give Horde another, not necessarily Broderick effect, but another power, like something on that power level. Yeah. But Monster and other neutral they need, need their something. own. Because yeah, right they now they're, like they're way behind because they don't have Mikhail or Broderick. Yeah. But anyway, so we'll... Do you want to put Broderick aside? Move to the next. I think I think we put Broderick aside. He's been talked about before. He'll be talking about again, I'm sure. But should we move to the card that everybody brings up when we, banning discussion comes? There's in? like five or six cards that I, okay. everyone air quotes brings up. So I'm, which I'm one? I'm going to talk about the one that's going to break my heart. Oh yeah, what one? Has Rihanna. That one I don't think. I mean, yes, she does come up fairly frequently, but I don't know if that's literally the first one everybody jumps to. Um, well, so I did pose this question in the Facebook group. She was mentioned. Of course. Um, and when I was looking back at old discussions about banning cards, she's just always mentioned. Um, and a lot of people hate her. I love her. I love her to death. But I'm trying, I'm trying to take a step back and, um, defend my well, love of Hesriana. Well, do you think she needs to go? <sighs> Here's the thing. I think, and I've said it before, and I'll probably say it again, I think Warlock is probably the strongest class, or if not the strongest class, one of the strongest classes in Classic right now. And right. she is a very strong Warlock card. I don't know if that necessarily means that, like, she's so overpowered or if it's just that the whole class the class itself is very strong that's one way of looking at it um and she she is very strong i'm just not sure that she's broken is the thing right now like, i mean she is but in a format of all broken things it's yeah. like an entire field of hot coals it's like okay yeah. well that one's hot and that exactly. one's hot like so, and, uh, go ahead, wife. Well, I was just going to say, like, so, Warlock is a super strong class, but I don't think you're playing Warlock just to play Hezriana, oh, or at I least am. not most of the time. Okay, <laughs> you am. are. Um, so, I guess that was kind of my question. Is it worth playing Warlock just to get Hezriana? Yes, I full think, stop. <laughs> okay. I think, yes, it probably could be, um, but I don't know if it's... I guess the okay. biggest issue really comes down to, does she impact the game enough that, like, you are now playing, and I know your answer, but are you now not playing certain allies because you can't justify them being lost to Hezriana? Yes, and she yeah. always has done that. Yeah. So, but here's the thing. Is that actually a problem? And that sounds weird. Yeah. Because, well, I personally think Daydak would be bonkers if Hezriana... Obviously, he would oh, be yeah. bonkers if Hezriana didn't exist. Yes, there's a legacy of betrayal, but it's turned slower. It does a bunch of other weird things. Uh, there are other caveats around it. But, do we... Is it the format where a bunch of those allies with all these weird powers are running around better than one with Hezriana? In fact, other than Data, given the highly aggressive nature of Classic... I'm not sure those allies get played anyway. 
That is true, because, and that was something, when I was trying to come up with a defense, a lot of the times they aren't, just because, like, do you really have enough time to spend, like, buy a six, seven, eight cost dude that's huge? Well, even, say, a four or five cost guy that has a cool power, probably a Leaves Play trigger, or a, uh, you know... Some kind of static thing that you wouldn't want to give up because your opponent steals it. Yeah. It's really... So, I think Hezriana is a problem because of... If you're going to consider her a problem. Because of one of the other cards that we're going to talk about later. And the deck as a whole. And that's Tyrus. Yeah. You're generally in Classic right now. Like, give me a... Name an ally in the werewolf deck. Any ally. Lady Bancroft. Do you really care if she gets Hezriana? Like, yes, you care. Yeah. But, like, do, do you really care? Yeah, and I, I mean, the like, your allies with um, Aberration, you care, but not you don't care because Hezriana has Aberration. You care because she stole your Aberration guy to deal with. It's more she's later. a removal, you know, yeah. you, it's a true ally swing. You're removing theirs, you're getting one. Yeah. And here's here's the bigger rub. In Warlock decks, because of Dread Steeds of Zoroth, because of Unholy Power, now she's a 5-6 for 3. Yeah. Or she's just coming right out of the graveyard to remove something. That's where I think the bigger issue is. Not necessarily that she's removing stuff. Now, that may be enough to justify axing her mm -hmm. simply because, okay, well, what are we going to do? Ban 10 other cards instead of just banning her? Yeah. But there is the concern, and here's where you really have to take a step back and consider, okay, well, are there a bunch of Daydaks waiting in the wings that are going to now run amok? Mages have answers to Daydak and spell suppression. Warlocks have other remove from game effects. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a couple other lose power things or bounce effects or things like that. But are Daydak mirrors what we're destined for now? And that's a... Because right now, yes, you you may not play a Warlock every round. So you could play Daydax. Yeah. But the fact that Warlocks exist and Hezriana exists makes you have to consider, okay, well, am I just going to be drawing blanks or just lose if I play this ally? Yeah. And that's... That is a it's, a... it's a concern. I just... I don't think it's enough to warrant axing my best girl. I... But I think it's... Warranting watching my best girl? I think she could be banned. Yeah. And it wouldn't be the end of the world right now. But I fully believe we don't really have a whole lot of data right now. Mm -hmm. So because we're coming at it with... if, And we should have said this at the beginning. But if you assume Tyrus and Werewolves are the, are the best decks. They're tier 1 or tier 0, tier S, whatever you want to call it. They're the best decks. What are you Hezrianaing in those decks that actually matters other than, oh, it's a removal spell that gets me a body? Which is not to say that that's bad, because that's fantastic. Yeah. But maybe the answer is errata Hezriana so that she doesn't get powers anymore? Or, maybe. Or since we're doing custom sets, air quotes, reprint her as Hezriana 2 or whatever, and it's literally the same effect, but she doesn't get powers. It just removes an ally from the game. Yeah. Because honestly... I'd probably still play that over Legacy of Betrayal. 
She yeah. would be cheaper. She would be a body. She could be recurred. She could be powered up, all that stuff. That's, and honestly, that's kind of a damning argument against her is like, you could nerf her significantly and she'd and she still, still be might better. show up, yeah. So I could certainly see that. But again, it's the power level of the entire format. Yeah. Of, does it matter? I could, I could take or leave it right now, but that's also without a whole lot of data. Like, we haven't tested, oh, well, what happens if we just don't play Hezriana? Is Tyrus suddenly bad because it can't get those tempo plays? Mm -hmm. Probably not, but it wouldn't help it, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. And like I said, Daydac, in, in all seriousness, is a concern of mine because I feel that Daydac is, like, right there. Mm -hmm. He was part of the reason that a lot of my Scourge builds could even get off the ground. Because you'd randomly have these Daydak turns where it's, oh, well, not only will I eat your guy, I'm going to deal six to you and heal yeah. six and stabilize immediately. Yeah, Daydak is pretty nuts when he works. But then you just go, oh, you're playing Tyrus. Well, I guess I lose. Yeah. <laughs> just because, you know, you can't just run him out there. He's going to get eaten by Hezriana. Yeah. But anyway, like I said, maybe an errata's in order. I, I'm concerned about being too drastic about things because we don't have a whole lot of information about this the format as a whole. This is true. But I would say, especially as we get more information from this Winter League and other games, yeah. she's probably one of the cards to watch, and soon we might have to make a decision either way. On well, it, it's kind of... You have to be careful that you're not just trading one evil for another. True. And it's also, by the same token, you're not necessarily trading one evil for another. So just because, obviously, another deck will fill the power vacuum. Mm -hmm. Let's say we make a bunch of changes and Tyrus and Werewolves fall off the face of the earth. Other decks will become Tier 1. That doesn't. That isn't necessarily bad. There will always be Tier 1 decks. Yeah. So, it's tough. I could certainly see Hezriana going... And it not being the end of the world. Um, I don't know. It, yeah. So. I, I'm leaning toward. I'm, I would be willing to see that play out, I guess is the question. Yeah. Or the way I'd put it. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a way to put it. As opposed to Broderick but, where I'm, I'm, I feel I'm more opposed to Broderick being banned as Hez, compared to Hezriana. Yeah. And we'll see how it plays out through the next couple months. Um. Another card that was mentioned was Army of the, Adet, uh, Army of the Dead. Um, really? Yeah, but I think it's more just one of those. It feels bad when it's played, like when you, when it when it goes through, it feels. I'm not kind sure of Army is even playable in classic. Yeah, I'm, that, I'm being and serious. that was honestly that was what I wrote down on these notes. Is I think it's too high cost with the current format to even really care that much. I mean, yes, any game where you resolve an army. And it's probably it, it, over. you probably won. Yeah. But, well, I'm not even sure that's true, because, like, let's say you're playing against Cyrus, let's true. use the example. Or even Werewolves, where it's, you know, they go, okay, well, top deck Grumdak, or it doesn't affect my Envoy. Or, again, with Tyrus, well, I'll just Dreadsteeds back my guy while yeah. Unholy Power's in play, and just, you know, he's still gigantic. I, I don't know, I... I'm not even sure if I'm playing Death Knight if I'm playing Army of the Dead. Like, I'm probably yeah. playing Despair of Winter, if anything. Uh, I don't remember. 
I don't remember Woodrow's version if he was playing it or not. I don't either. We'll have to reach out to him for that. But well, we have it up on the site. Yeah. So we'll um, check it out later. But yeah, so that's generally how I feel about Army. Um, bringing it to another uh, big strong card. Um, that uh, ability card. Unholy Power. Okay, so I really think Unholy Power is cool. And I know that's not a good enough argument to keep it, but I think that... Okay, let's take a step back. We've already said the format's powerful and fast. Yeah. I don't think that's inherently a problem. Yes. So, the question is, what power level do you peg the format at? And then you say, okay, you're at this level, you're fine. If you're at this level or below, you're fine. You go above this line, you're a problem. That, yeah. So, obviously, we feel Tyrus is the best deck, right? You agree, yeah, White? I definitely agree. So, Unholy Power is what makes that deck tick. You take Unholy Power out, I don't think that's even a deck. No. Like, I, I don't I think don't you think even... So I, Barring other bands, obviously. Yeah. You know, like, if you take a bunch of other things out, it would change. But if you just ripped Unholy Power out, I don't think you play Demons. I personally feel Tyrus gets banned before Unholy Power. The reason for that is... And I I was ar- literally arguing with someone about this the other day. Their opinion was, Unholy Power is a four-cost master hero. And yeah. it, it is. It is. It definitely is. But you can remove it. You can't, other than, you know, killing your opponent, you can't remove a Master Hero. Can't Mm -hmm. be done. I mean, I guess you could blank the effects with Hero Surrender or something, but But, let's be real. Yeah, but when you add Unholy Power with Tyrus, because his flip is ridiculous. Well, that's it. And so I think it's that combination that's actually a bigger problem. I I Um, really do want to see, legitimately... Somebody play, and we should test this when we get the chance. Don't play Tyrus. Play Archimond. Yeah. Is it still as nuts? Because in all honesty, there are a lot of games where I'm playing, say, Druid Control. Whatever kind of form of Druid Control. Mm -hmm. Where it's, okay, well, I'm on the draw. I'm doing okay, I'm doing okay. Oh, they played on Holy Power. Bam. I'm up to, like, 17 damage. Flip. And I don't have any cards left. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> oh, I top deck the the thing to kill Unholy Power. Okay, well now he's still, I, I'm only at four resources. I'm top decking. They have a full hand and a quest base, and it's like, yeah. Where is what I had to discard? Because you know, regular Tyrus discards plus them hitting me with a bunch of stuff. Maybe I had to pitch that hurricane, which. If, okay, I'll soak a little bit more damage and then just slam a hurricane and my opponent goes, well, I guess I'm stuck for a couple turns, kind of. Yeah. I mean, maybe they have the banish to the nether, maybe they don't, whatever. Point being is that you at least have some... There are very few other cards like that where you can slam them that early and remove all the potential barriers that your opponent has for them to get back into the game. Yeah. So... I think I agree with that idea, though, of, like, banning Tyrus before Unholy Power. Um, I would like to at least see it. Yeah. So maybe, uh, dear listeners, if any of you have ever tried an Unholy Power literally anybody else deck. Anybody but Tyrus. Yeah, anybody but Tyrus. Archimond's really the only other one because the other demon heroes don't let you run Unholy Power. Which we talked about the other day. But um, that would be something interesting to see just because... 
I think whoever you were arguing with is right. Unholy power does make you into a master hero. I think the issue is adding Tyrus's effect into that makes you into a super duper master hero. I think there's also an argument similar to what we were saying, or I was saying about Hezriana, is that maybe a pseudo reprint slash errata is an order where maybe Unholy Power is now a three cost that only gives plus two plus two. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound like a huge nerf, but now every cloth class can deal with it with Miniature Voodoo Mask. That's true. Which is significant because, yes, Mage had Spell Suppression before, Warlocks had Banished to the Nether, and Priests had their regular removal. But having a one-cost more universal answer like that, where it's, okay, well, I don't have to have this specific thing, mm-hmm. or have these sort of, like, I don't... Because here's the other concern. As we're printing more custom sets, if equipment ever becomes a thing, you know, like, it, there's now an unholy power level thing that's an equipment. Mm-hmm. Even better than Envoy, let's say, because we're going to get to Envoy in a minute. But let's say there's something that power level. Now you're split between, okay, well, either I answer unholy power main deck or I answer this other thing main deck, because if I do both, I'm going to have a bunch of dead cards against the other one. And these decks will step on your neck very quickly. Yeah. So if you are put into that position, given the speed of the format, I think it's going to be bad for everybody. I agree. So that's why allowing something, say Miniature Voodoo Mask, to be able to cover multiple bases like that, because mm-hmm. you, you can still remove the Voodoo Mask, but at least it you know it'll help stymie the aggressive efforts and allow the games to evolve. Again, just like Magic's rules, it was turn four rule. Games shouldn't end before... You should get four turns. And they felt that, okay, you've had your chance. You got to play a game. You had four turns. It sounds ridiculous when you say it in a vacuum, but we all know from playing (laughs) card games... like Four turns is acceptable. Yeah, you have a chance at four turns. Especially in the way, that, you know, with the way the mulligan works, the way the yeah. resource system works, blah, blah, blah. The WoW TCG, I think four or maybe five turns is reasonable. But whatever it turns out to be, pick your turn limit and then start molding these erratas, these bands, these whatevers around that. Yeah. So, what do you, do you think on Holy Power? You'd said that you agree with me, but do you, did well, I convince you otherwise? Well, now that you're saying it, I was going to say, initially I was going to say, Unholy Power is... I personally find it pretty ridiculous. It is able to be dealt with because even recently we've played a lot of games where it was dealt with and let me tell you how frustrating that well, was. But, they're, they're, but I I think the biggest issue is when it comes into the combination with Tyrus. Now that could be wrong because mm-hmm. like we said we haven't really tested it that much with other heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now I'm leaning toward, especially with what you said Breaking up, breaking up the love fest of Tyrus and Unholy Power, and seeing how Unholy Power does when it's finally seeing other people. I think it's been in an abusive relationship, and it's time for it to move on. Well, that could be true. So, it, similar to the equipment versus ongoing ability tirade that I just had, there's a similar discussion to be had of werewolves versus Unholy Power. So, there are decks that certainly beat Tyrus. Tyrus is not unbeatable. 
No, he's definitely... It's not... I don't look at Tyrus as tier zero. I think it's the best deck because it doesn't have any truly bad matchups that I've seen. Yes, there are matchups where it may not be hugely favored like it is in some, but for the most part, it at least stands a prayer. Like, you you can sit down and you will always have a chance, and then you always have those oops, I win hands. Yeah. But if you beat Tyrus consistently, I don't think you ever beat werewolves consistently, and vice versa. Which is something that we'll talk about in a deck that's coming up in a couple episodes, but next episode. my point is, is that you have to be careful, again, with these sort of things, where it's, okay, well, are we just trading one evil for another? Are we making the format very binary? Are we making the decisions unfun when you're choosing your deck, because you're sitting down and going, well, I can beat A... Or I can beat B, but I will never do both, even post-board. And that's when it feels real bad. Yeah. Now, I think you can beat either one post-board. It, it gets complicated because, you know, mm-hmm. you got to be talking about a specific deck to pin it down. But, yeah, I could certainly see ratcheting the power level back. I think if Tyrus got excised, like we're suggesting, instead of Unholy Power, that might ratchet it back a bit, and then maybe those decks that can beat up on werewolves and lose to Tyrus before, now maybe they have a little bit extra breathing room. Mm-hmm. Again, buying one more turn, because, oh, well, I don't have to one decide... One more turn with this current power level is insane. Yeah. It's like, it really is. It's one more turn completely changes the format, almost. And like... I maybe that's all a lot of these Tier 2, Tier 1.5, whatever you want to call them, decks need is... One more turn. They get one more breath, and then they can get over the hump. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. So one last point, right, before we move on, unless... I assume that was all you want to say? Okay, so... Bring it back to one of the first things I said about Unholy Power. I think it's really cool that this interaction exists, and we're going to talk about this with some of the other cards on our list, but here's the way I look at it. You're playing Classic... Because you want to play with some of the older cards. Otherwise, why wouldn't you play core? Mm-hmm. I think anyone who's still playing classic or is interested in playing classic has cards in their head that they want to use and probably integrate with or have integrated with, the other way, mm-hmm. new cards into old or old cards into new. Because of the synergies that obviously were never intended Mm-hmm. No one ever thought that they were actually going to have demon heroes that could use unholy power. Yeah. There were ones that predated it, and they weren't allowed to use it, and probably were around development about the same time, because it was, mm-hmm. you know, Servants of the Betrayer block, and then Drums of War. It's like they, they knew, and they didn't want to do it then. Yeah. So, it's cool that now you get to do that stuff... I think it's great, and there's probably way more of these, like... Old Murlocs and New Murlocs is another one. Mm-hmm. Old Ogres and New Ogres. Because there were yeah. Ogres in the old sets, just not many of them. And obviously any of the demon interactions. If the Naga... They got some some crafting stuff that showed up in later sets that... You know, from the Servants of Betrayer stuff. If we ever get more traitor mechanics stuff. You know, it's cool to go sifting through all these old cards and then go... You know... Maybe holy attack allies can work. Mm-hmm. 
and then bam, you, you go on WoW TCG browser or you know uh, WoWcards.info, and it's like, oh my god, oh my goodness, what about this and then this yeah. and then, and somebody did that a few years ago with unholy power. I mean, unholy power and, and the demons was obvious, but aberration. Yeah. Somebody sat down and go, hey, funny story. Which is something that we'll be talking about in just a second. But the point is, is I think classic is the format for those things. And I don't think, like, that to me is the essence of classic, is getting to do these sort of things. Yeah, getting to do all the goofy things that were never really intended, but they're, like, fun. Now, there's obviously a line to be drawn where, you know, okay, the Winter Wonderful thing... That's bunnies. probably bunnies. That's probably crossing a line, but bunnies. Well, bunnies is a different story because it feels like it's a loophole in the rules. Whereas the Wondervolt thing is, I mean, I guess it's also a loophole in the rules. Kind. Of, I mean, it's not really a mm-hmm. loophole, but it doesn't feel the same as yeah. combining, you know, the servants of the betrayer, Naga allies with bones of transformation or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. To you know, if you were to get something to work. Or, you know, again, Unholy Power, Envoy and Aberration, blah, 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 all this stuff. They all, there are these cool interactions. I don't think they should be lost because, again, you're playing classic because you want to use the old cards or otherwise, why aren't you playing the other formats? Yeah. So. Um, and, yeah, so I agree with that. But to quote directly uh, from the website, Envoy plus Aberration blows. Let's go quote that directly. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. there are a lot of people that don't like it. And I, don't, not, yeah. I don't blame them. It can feel oppressive. Yeah, and it can feel oppressive. That's I guess. Why I think it's one of the premier aggro decks because it is oppressive because Envoy and, to a lesser extent, Circle of Blood, which I feel like people forget is part of that deck, but yeah. it's pretty important. Circle of Blood is really Allow strong. you to control the board in an aggro deck. Yeah, it really does. Um... I, my issue is, like, it's super strong, but, and this could just be by virtue of some of the games that you and I have been playing recently, where you kill freaking Envoy 20 seconds after it comes out, and it's so bloody frustrating. Well, it has to go, or, to to go back to the quote, like, you're gonna have a bad day very quickly. Yeah. Envoy, again, I think it's a cool interaction. I do think it's a cool interaction. I think that deck... Okay, so we were talking about, I think if Unholy Power goes, demons will exist, but like a lot of things have to change for them to continue existing, I think, to compete. Okay. If Envoy goes... I don't... Does Werewolves still exist? I No, Werewolves does not exist. I mean... I mean, Circle, like you just said, Circle of Blood is a big portion of that. But I'm pretty, like, really, Envoy carries that deck pretty hard. So, let's, not to be a broken record, but let's take a step back. Why would losing four four cards in a 60-card deck matter? Here's part of the reason why, and obviously it's not the only reason. If you sit down to play, and your opponent slaps Tyrus on the board, or slaps Master Sniper on the board, and you know for a fact that they cannot have Unholy Power, or Envoy, or whatever. That changes how you play. Yeah. I don't have to worry about you going, 
turn one Jadefire Seder, turn two Bazul, into Lesson of the Nether, into Warbringer Rurik's Amal, into Unholy Power. Oops, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. Because, yes, that opener's still really strong, but there's not going to be that follow-up where, oh my god, all of a sudden they all powered up. Yeah. Or with Envoy, it's not, I'm going to be demolishing every one of the allies that you play, and then when I've decided that I've killed enough of them, I'm just going to take you out, too. Yeah. The, the the fact that that threat doesn't exist changes the way a lot of the matchups go because, you know, you don't have to play around certain cards or even include, say, equipment destruction in your deck to begin with. Because what's another equipment that anyone even cares about? Uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to like, <laughs> think of. Random many. armor, random yeah. weapon. Like, yes, <laughs> there are things, but for the most part, like... Signet of Manifested Pain, I care about. but Edge of Oblivion. Of yeah. You know, like, yes, there are equipment. Oh my god, Edge of Oblivion. I still remember when you were crafting those. They're not... Or, not, or when we were looking for those, and I was in the crafting line, and people were mentioning that they had an Edge of Oblivion, and, like, I waved you, or I texted you, and, like, you came sprinting across the hall to come talk to the guy. I don't remember this ever happening, but I'll it believe It definitely you. happened. Sure, it happened. So, <laughs> anyway. Um, point is, is yeah. that... So, a- aggressive blue hunter would probably still be a thing. Yeah. Aberration, as part of the aggression package, would probably still exist, because mages and any other shamans... Any other damage-based mid-range control decks? It gives you like they—that's they, they, your answer—is yeah. because you'll play allies they can't kill, kind of thing. Again, to circle back to Broderick, that's kind of why he's necessary for some of these things to exist, because otherwise you're gonna have a hard time dealing with them. But anyway, uh, I think it's a cool interaction. I don't think it's that much of a problem. I'll be honest; I find Grumdak to be more of a problem. Yeah, I can see that, because Grumdak is kind of a problem, but I love him, and he's not going anywhere. Well... Fight you. So this is another rule that I think would have to be defined for this, is breakpoints on where allies should be. So mm-hmm. Grumdak one-shots Death Fear. Now, maybe that's important, and that should exist. Maybe it shouldn't, because now a whole bunch... Like, it's very hard to find protectors, for example, that don't just up and die to Grumdak. That -hmm. being said, because Envoy only deals four, they would survive a hit from Envoy, but not Grumdak. I don't know. I personally can't stand Grumdak because of that. We've talked about it. um, I don't think Envoy is powerful enough to justify it, but if Envoy gets the axe, I think a lot of other dominoes have to fall, or a lot of things get thrown out of whack. Yeah. So again, if you were to, if we were to axe every card we talked about so far, so Roderick, Hezriana, we'll skip Army, uh, Unholy Power, Envoy, you That's... significantly change the format to the point where I'm not sure anyone currently is, quali- including us, is qualified to discuss anything about it. Yeah, and I think that's very true, because... And that's not you, bad! No, that's not bad, It's but it's definitely, like, you will have changed the format enough that God knows what's going to come in its place. Well, <laughs> like, and... We've all played a lot of games. Have we really... And everybody has thoughts about all these things, but 
Has anybody really sat down with these cards missing to say, yep, this is okay? Or no, this, does my Emic deck from a couple of years ago become oppressive now? Because yeah. none of those things are touched by it. That's true. Does Woodrow's Death Knight deck, because I don't think he's running any of those cards. I can't run most of them. Yeah. But, like, is that a problem? I, and, like, it's just, it's hard to see because, like you said, none of us really have tried it without. So, it's something to think about for the future for a lot of these. But, I think it would be a little much, at least, to ban all of these. But it's good to at least have the discussion about the PowerPoints. Well, I... I'm kind of of the opinion that if you're going to do one, you almost have to do all of them. True, because then but you're not this, letting one deck that's already known run away with. But it does format. change. So there is an argument to be made. So if you were to yank one of the pillars out, you know, you pull Unholy Power, you pull Envoy, but not the other. Do the Predators, the decks that preyed on it, mm-hmm. or rather that it preyed on, so, Werewolves beats Mage, right? Yeah. If Mage is now a thing, like, it, it's a in a big way, I think a lot of Mage builds line up decently, at least, against Tyrus. The problem mm-hmm. is that they just get smoked by Werewolves. Is that enough of a predator to now suppress so Tyrus so that Tyrus yeah. isn't as oppressive for everything else? I can see that argument. My concern is is that you're now trading binary matchups. Yeah. And by binary, I mean if a matchup is like 90-10 or 100-0 where it's you you're playing Tyrus against this thing, whatever it is, it all Tyrus always wins. That's just because some other deck beats Tyrus and never loses to Tyrus and then that deck that third hypothetical one beats this thing that's beating Tyrus. You know, you have a rock, paper, scissors. If it's truly r- really hard rock, paper, scissors, that's not good either. Like, that's yeah. not fun. No, and it's not. It's just rolling the dice to see who you got matched up against. And we've, we've played games that were like that, and they stunk. Like, it was, it got, it sucked. And by games, you mean, like, not games in WoW. No, I mean, there were matchups like that, but, yeah, like, we played other games We played other, other hard games where... <clears throat> Honestly, it just turned into one massive game of rock, paper, scissors, and we're like, this isn't, this is boring. It's like, well, is everybody showing up with deck A today, or are they showing up with deck B? Because if it's A, great. If it's B, I guess we're getting lunch early and we're going home. Yeah. So, I think that's a good place to put with Envoy, is trying to see if we cancel out one of these, what's going to happen with the others. And mm-hmm. going from what you said <clears throat> with, well, is Mage going to become a thing? Let's move into the Mage card that got brought up. Blizzard uh, was called a Fun Suck. And I don't disagree with that, but I don't think it's an overly See, overbearing I completely fun disagree with that. And I don't even, like, yes, I played Mage decks. I think Blizzard is a fun to play. I think Blizzard is fun to play against, believe it or not. The reason why I like Blizzard is because I can just keep getting ready and keep getting... You're not freaking doing anything. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to keep stacking and stacking and, oh, you you finally want to play a card? By the way, you're dead. Well, but here's the other thing. There's actually counterplay against Blizzard in multiple classes. 
yeah. and available as allies because you can any way that you can make them play or discard a card or RFG a card from their hand, any of those things will remove Blizzard. Or, you know, you could just kill it. Yeah. Or you like, could play a deck that is some like aberration that's somehow immune to Blizzard. Yeah. Or you could play around it and like you said, stockpile resources. There's a lot of ways to do it and if Blizzard gets removed, I don't think Mage is playable. No, Mage is definitely not playable if Blizzard gets removed. I mean, maybe that's wrong, but I really don't think it is. Like I um let's put it this way, what are you going to do play Water Elemental instead? Which I guess if Hezriana gets banned, then maybe Water Elemental comes back. Yeah. But that's another one where it's, okay, you've removed such a key and core component to the class that what are you even playing now? Yeah. I I really don't know for, for what could come in its place. Honestly, like... I mean, I don't think Mage is in a good spot right now. No. Because Werewolves, like I said, is a really bad matchup. It's just... Yeah. It's the way it is. I don't think Tyrus... Is, I think Mages line up decently against Tyrus. I don't think it's a great matchup because Tyrus can get, just go, oops, I win, in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just, well, I curved out and played on Holy Power on four. It's, well, I lessened to the nether and stripped out exactly what you needed, and I have pressure. Or, oh, hey, I hit multiple Dread Steeds of Zoroth, and I'll just keep recurring my entire board, and I'm top-decking well. Yeah. Because eventually I'll hit a second unholy power or a banish to remove your spell suppression to get yeah. my first. You know, the, I think it's like, a it's a playable there, matchup, but yeah. it's not it's not like Mage wins at eighty twenty or something. No. Um so yeah, I I personally think Blizzard can be dealt with readily enough. Um honest and I mean this goes with power level too, because Blizzard only costs two. I in my head and this could just be because of games that you and I have recently been playing. I find Hurricane much more obnoxious to play against than Blizzard. But I think that's just because of recent games that we've been playing. Probably. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I I think Blizzard is what makes Mage. I think, yes, the first few times you sit down opposite Blizzard, it's irritating. But I don't... I think there are enough ways both gameplay and cards to play to get around it. Like, yeah. Um, like, just, a, if, if that makes sense, like, gameplay, like, a personal playing strategy. Yeah, play style. As, yeah, play style, thank you. Um, versus also cards that can just deal with it relatively quickly. Plus, well, and there are ways to ignore yeah. it, too. How many ferocity allies are there that just go, oh, you froze the rest of my team. Okay, well, I'll play a 7-7 avatar and boom, just crack you in the head yeah. with that. Or even Woodrow's deck. He's running Garrosh and Mazukon. They really don't care about Blizzard. No. I mean, they. your opponent is going to have to do something. I guess they can just let it tick that late in the game. Maybe. Maybe. Unless, you know, you end the game immediately. Or Garrosh is just making... So, how does that... Theirs would go off... Because you would add it to the chain. They would add theirs to the chain. So, the tokens should come out after Blizzard goes off from Garrosh. So, you should be... Your tokens would be able to attack. Yeah? I think. 
I'm doing this in my head, which is always bad. So it's, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I feel like there are multiple outs. And if you, ha- again, I don't think Mage exists without Blizzard. Yeah, I, uh, I don't. That. And but it's also a what are you trying to design the format to be? If you want a bunch of mid rangey undead mages, where it's just okay, well, I'm all in on Death Fear, and I back it up with a little bit of burn and some spell suppressions, and then you know, smattering of random. Mm-hmm. Horde allies and neutral like okay yeah that's a deck. Do you want all mage decks to be that? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't. Know. I I don't think Blizzard should go. I I don't think it it just is justified. But. Yeah, I don't think it's it's quite justified. I think there's enough ways to deal with it. Um, moving into another card that uh, got a. Winky face emoji after it. What? Uh, the, the wink. I don't Whatever. Winter Bell Disguise Kit. Yeah, that because, card's good. Whatever. We're not even going to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, you turn into you turn into a snowman. The, Do you the card. Build a snowman? Nobody remembers what the card text is. We're not talking about this card. It, yes, just yeah. ban it. That, yeah. one, that one should yes. be banned. Winter, Winter Bell Disguise should, should always be banned. Um, uh, the only other ones that I have. Well. One is just the idea that bunnies needs to stay nerfed forever. There's I, no reason for that deck to continue to exist yet. Just, yeah. just ban it. Yeah. The, so, one of the other suggestions that came up, uh, instead of banning Unending Breath, or Undying Breath, whatever it's called, is eroding mounts to only impact quests in play. Because okay. that would also shut down the combo. I don't see a need to do that because it's, as far as I know... <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> as far, sorry about that. As far as I know, that's the only card that would matter. Yeah. In which case, just, just, just ban just the, card. Just I, the card. I don't think anyone out there is dying for their legitimate unending breath com- uh, deck. Not even combo deck. If you are, let us know. We'll let no, we'll if you deck. are, I'm sorry, but that card's gone. <laughs> we're we're just getting gone. rid of it. It's done. Yeah. So, um, and then... I had two cards that I wanted to mention, but I know in my heart of hearts that they are just my personal vendetta cards what? and they should stay. Death Veer and Silver Moon City. No, those are legitimate things to talk about because so Death Veer is a concern because especially if some of these other bands go through. Yeah. Oh, oh well, okay. I guess I should say if the format as it's now, if this was like the only card that's getting banned, no, there's no reason to ban Death Veer. If any of these other cards get banned, there's a legitimate reason to ban Deathware. Well, here's the thing, and this is how I look at it for the entire format, especially since the whole custom set idea is in play. We should be filling in holes and gaps in class and archetype gameplay Mm -hmm. with new cards. Right now, Deathware is the perfect example. If you can play Undead, why are you not playing Undead? Yeah. In virtually every class that it's available, there's there's almost no reason to play. Like, let's say there's a warrior, de- a red warrior deck. Unless you really want to play Borguts the Impaler because you know he's a meme. <laughs> Why are you playing Goblin, Orc, Troll, now Blood Elf or whatever warrior instead of Undead Warrior? Because you can go, oh, well, I also get Death Fear. Or, yeah. oh, I also get Undercity. Same with Mages. Same with Warlocks. Same with Priests. Same with Rogues. Same, like, 
you have to have a really good reason not to. And that may be a reason for him to go on the ban list. Yeah. I don't know if I agree with that. I would much rather... Because, okay, Kazuman Steel Skin... There's a reason to ban Hezriana, by the way. Kazuman Steel Skin would be playable. Well, maybe not playable, but he'd have a chance. Anyway. I love him so much. Point is, yeah, I would love to have him come back (laughs) because he's really funny. He was one of the cards that got me into this game, but we'll talk about him another day. But my point is, is that, okay, he was playable. Obviously, Death Ear is very, very playable. Do you know who the, the troll hero is? Or the troll ally? The troll hero required? Uh... Crazen Fire Tusk. No, then no, I didn't know that. Do you, do you know who the Torn one is? He's the sun guy. Nope. No. Nope. Quake Lord Razik Warhoff. Okay. I know gonna, these because I have going. desperately tried to make decks with them. Guess how many of those decks have worked? 95. Big ol' goose egg! <laughs> Although Quake Lord almost made it in uh, Holy Cows, even though he's a nature ally. But anyway, that's yeah. I don't want to digress. Point being, and you get the same sort of reaction on the um, the blue side as well, because it's like, Dimzer, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, can we print, now that we have cost, can we print some other... Yeah, like can we racial that, like, heroes that or whatever the allies that give me a reason to be these other things. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest argument against Death Beers because it gives you such a big boost to play undead, like a good reason. Can't we just get better reasons to play other things too? And, and believe me, I get it. it. It that is not an easy thing to ask. No, it's, it's not. easy to ask for. It, it it's not it's an easy a harder thing. thing to fulfill. So you could easily make a four drop that's you know, I uh, night elf required. That I mean, Zemper is not bad, but you know, night elf was the, the first one that I reached for. So let's say you print a four drop that's like ten times better than Death Fear, and it's like, okay, well, you just made the problem worse. Yeah, but. Wouldn't it be nice? I mean, yes, that is the difficulty. That is part of the job description. That's the hard part. But I think there... You can't tell me that there's so little design space left that that's impossible. Impossible, yeah. To make it good, but balanced. Yeah. And worthwhile. Even if it's only one deck that says, okay, well, you could play Undead Priest and play Emic, or... You could play Gnome Priest, well, I mean, you have Dimzer, but, and you get Thingamabob McGurk that does Is it bad that that whatever. sounds like it could be a legitimate gnome name? Yeah, that's a gnome that, <laughs> It's just like, like, I said it, and I'm like, yeah, that's actually probably someone's gnome in WoW right now. Probably. Um, God, the gnomes. But anyway, but the point is, is that, you know, you can't tell me that there's so little, so... We're, we started off talking about bands, or and we are still discussing bands, but Silvermoon, Deathveer, the, these cards, Undercity, cards that force you into certain things, I can understand why people would want to see them banned. They are kind of stifling. We have the option to do these player-made sets. Let's expand before we contract to some extent. I know there's, there is, and I've said it before, the concept of addition via sub- subtraction. Remove some of these things 
you you open some stuff up, prune yeah. it a little bit, and then it grows healthy. I feel as though there are enough gaps that you could put things up, raise their pedestals a little bit, and then see where things are. I think there's a lot of room to do that. There, I'm still of the opinion that hunters and paladins need better removal for certain things. Yeah. And there need to be better one-drops that can compete with Broderick. There need to be better two-drops. Like, the early game drops as a whole are just really bad. Yeah. And that's part of the issue, especially with this current format being so quick. We see a lot of the same ones because there are only so many that are good. Yeah. And... Like you said, it's build it up another way, maybe, would be a great way to go about it, if at all possible. I'll be honest, I would be perfectly fine with things that are super clunky, like such and such required all over the place. Yeah. So what if Jadefire Seder was demon hero required? Or if, you know, some of these other things were whatever hero required... Maybe we would be okay yeah, with some of this stuff. Yeah, because you would still get to play some goofy stuff, and then it wouldn't be... But it only works in this deck. So you thing. know that, okay, with this other bizarre interaction, or the fact that now you have a critical mass of three twos for one, is not necessarily a problem. Mm-hmm. So what about... I'm surprised nobody said this, but no one complained about Winter Wonderful. Uh, not that I saw. I just saw Disguise Kit. Okay, so I'll be honest. I think that card should go because it... I think it warps the format in a bad way. In that even if this... And I I think we had this discussion with Pat when we interviewed him over a year ago now. That... A, this is all supposed to be for fun. So that does color the discussion to some extent. Yeah. But it, even if you look at it from a strictly competitive viewpoint, it's a combo... I'm fine with combo decks existing, but it feels super binary because a number of classes just literally can't interact with it in any meaningful way. Yeah. Now, I know there's a bunch of people out there probably going to be screaming and say, oh, you can play Talisman of the Horde. It's like, yeah, but not really because they're just going to play a quest yeah. that says, nope. Yeah. Or they're going to play... I mean, or you could play, if you're playing blue, you could play the the four-drop dwarf shaman that when he gets revealed from your deck, you can pop an ongoing. And it's like, you could. I I feel like with Wonderbolt, it comes down to, can I either immediately deal with Wonderbolt? No? Okay, I lose. Or can I essentially win this freaking game before Wonderbolt comes out? Which you probably can't. In Um, a lot of cases, it's, it's really hard to do that. Yeah. I've come close a couple of times with my Hezriana deck. Your Hezriana deck? Yeah, my Hezriana. Wow. Wow. It's late. Um, my Bogmara deck did beat Wonderful. Well, but the, the thing is, Bogmara before. has disruption as well. Yeah. So you can. You have to disrupt it and pressure it, or just have like a gazillion ways to, to break up the combo one way or another, which, again, yeah. disrupting it. So it, it kind of comes down to. I, it, it's not on. It's not as bad as bunnies. Where no. bunnies, it's either you you are a class that can beat it, and you drew the cards to beat it, or you didn't, or you're not, and therefore you win or lose, kind of you know by your opening hand. Yeah, and or before you even sit down. Wondervolt feels like it's in a very similar boat. Where, okay, 
you're playing something that can interact with it. You have enough whatever to disrupt it. Great. You don't. That sucks. And there's no in-between. Yeah. I don't think that that's healthy in general. I don't think that that sort of of gameplay, and maybe that's an argument that people have for some of these other things, but I don't think it quite applies. Like, Blizzard, like you said, no matter what deck you're playing, you could play around it, theoretically. Like, your opponent's not going to play Blizzard and then Drago for 30 turns and kill you with Blizzard. Like, they literally can't. Yeah. You're not going to... I mean, Unholy Power is kind of closer to it, where it's if you are, if you cannot either race it or you can't remove it, you're going to lose to it. Yeah. But it's a pillar of the format, and it also... Most things can deal with an ongoing that you get a turn afterwards. Yeah, you get, like, if you get a second turn, that's a big difference then. I play this, you're dead. Well, yeah, Wonderful could literally do it at the end of your turn, kill you on their turn, or just do it on their turn with interrupt backup, and then yeah. just go, you know, it's... So, I yeah. I don't think there are enough Winter Wondervolt fans out there either to say, okay, well... Well, Maybe we keep it around for them. I mean, I, I I feel like I'm allowed to say this. Didn't even Pat himself said, yeah, I'm playing this just to prove that it's stupid. The, or something, like, prove that it's broken or something he, like he that. He might have, I don't he know. He was one of the ones who created it, right, a long time ago? I think he was. I don't um, remember if he played. just like, you guys don't want to ban Wonderful? Okay, I guess I'll play it. Well, it was banned the first year, and then they unbanned it. Yeah, then we um, unbanned it. Um, I, I don't see a purpose... It, and I think there there could be cool combo decks. Like, Wonderful, conceptually, like Envoy, like Unholy Power, is, wow, that's really cool. We got this old card and this new card that make this cool new deck. Except that I think it, it pushes the line just enough that it's in a direction and in a way that makes the game unfun. Legitimately unfun. Yeah. And I say that as somebody who played a deck that beats it consistently. Yeah, but you also say it as a person who thinks about that deck pretty consistently when deck building. Well, that year, like, yeah. when I was preparing for it, I was like, okay, well, I need to be Werewolves, I need to be Tyrus, and I need to be Wonderful. Usually it's pick two. You will not beat the third. Yeah. I just happened to stumble into luck with the Emic build, which, by the way, maybe a new Barak has to go on the list. Maybe some of the spider solitaire stuff has to go on the potential list. These are the, but, the sort of things of, yeah. okay, well, if we knock off, and just cause to segue, because I could be here we tirating about, about Wonder he Vault for talk a while. About ty- he can talk about Wonder Vault for a month and a half. I know because that's a month and a half leading up to Gen Con every so, year. The point is, is, okay, so you knock off Unholy Power, you knock off Hezriana, you knock off Envoy, you knock off even Blizzard, and you know, everything that everybody was complaining about. What replaces it? Spider Solitaire? Which is probably the real broken deck from that NAC. I mean, yes, Bunnies yeah. was, but Bunnies, again, was super binary. Yeah. Then, okay, the Emic deck slash other things that can abuse a Nubarak. Uh, are we just going to see, like, Woodrow's Death Knight build, or things similar where it's, okay, well, I'll just curve out with big 
beefy value guys. Mm-hmm. Is that the new and, classic? Is that and what we so want? that's something that we ha- have to think about overall when we think about these bands is what might take its place, and how much is that going to change the format? So I think we could go. We could easily fall down a rabbit hole of okay if we ban this then this is going to happen so we might have to ban this and then next and then we're knocking off more and more and more and more so i think just leaving it at these super strong cards at the top currently which are a lot of the ones that we discussed maybe a couple more and then trying to figure out what if they left what immediately follows. All right, wife, here's the better way to frame it. Yeah. Five cards you're banning. You have to ban them right now. Go. Uh, Go. 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 Okay. Go. You know what? (laughs) I don't handle pressure very well, and you know it. All right, here, I'll start you off. Tyrus. Tyrus. Probably. Probably. I don't know. Tyrus, maybe Broderick. Personally, I don't. I don't think he needs to get banned. But you're putting me under pressure, and I'm cracking. Um, <sighs> bunnies. What? It's already banned. I know, but if I had to, like, no, endure. like five more cards. Okay, five more cards. Tyrus probably has Rihanna. But once Tyrus is gone, I don't know how much I care about Hezriana or Unholy Power. Um, personally banning Death Bear, uh, I would be, I would honestly ban, um, the Wondervolt and I'm banning Silvermoon. I hate Silvermoon. And you know what? I'm going to have my personal vendetta against Silvermoon and I freaking hate Silvermoon City. Go. So... <laughs> We've already said Tyrus. I, I, I honestly think that that is a worthwhile start. I would like to... I don't know if that's the appropriate answer, but I think that we should start there. I think that... Since you were you were taking so long, now I started to lose where I was. Well, you made me panic. You know better. I had to keep you going. You gotta, you gotta keep the conversation flowing. Oh my god! Come on. Anyway, pick your five. See, that's the sign of a good host. You gotta keep the conversation. Pick flowing. your five, and then I'm going to bed. So, Tyrus, like we said, I think something has to come out of werewolves, and I think it's either going to be Finkel Einhorn, or it's going to be Grumdak. Yeah. I think Finkel Einhorn is not really the answer. I think Grumdak is somewhat of a problem. Um... It's going to depend. I think Deathveer or Undercity. Probably Deathveer. Again, assuming that we don't bring stuff in. I don't want to see Deathveer go. I love Deathveer as a card. But I, I, he may have to. I still question thought mark. Deathveer was a girl for a very long time. But continue. Does it matter? No. Anyway. Uh, obviously, Wondervolt has, I think should get the axe. I don't particularly see any reason. Um, I've seen people talk about Mazukan before. It didn't come up, but people have mentioned him before just because I think people have PTSD from (laughs) previous formats. Then you get to go, Mazukan. But I do think that 
one of those value allies might have to go. I really think uh, if Hezriana goes, Dadak would have to go. Um, I don't think Hezriana goes if there is an errata to her. I could certainly see Dreadsteeds of Zoroth actually getting banned as another mm-hmm. stab at Tyrus. I think that's currently as far as I'd be willing to go, because Death Knight, there's nothing really that I'm super concerned about. Uh, Warrior, same story. Paladin. Rogues, nothing super scary there that I can think of. Hunters, we already covered. Uh, Priest, warlocks, mages. Nothing really there that I'm super upset about Mm -hmm. and shamans eh, sure they they exist like I I don't know once those like we said before once some of those things go it's very difficult to predict what's going to fill that vacuum because there there are so many tier 2 decks that are right on the cusp that may it may be Hey, we we pull a couple of the pins and the floodgates open mm-hmm. and now the ban list goes from oh well we're gonna ban, you know, two, three, four, five cards. Now we need to ban literally like fifty. Because mm-hmm. unfortunately then things like so we ban some of these things. Is Boomkin now a problem? Boomkin's always a problem, but anyway. Well, my point is that yeah, some no, of those other decks that are Seeing what comes next is really hard to predict. Well, it's it's also... It's not just seeing what comes next. It's seeing what comes next and is... Are they mutually exclusive for... You know, do we have really bad rock, paper, scissors? Mm-hmm. Or even worse, afterwards. And That's yeah. why I think we need to introduce more universal answers. Give each class a flavorful way to address certain things, whether it's allies, whether it's abilities, whether it's equipment, whether it's whatever. Every class should be able to interact with things on the board. Yeah. In some way, shape, or form. Or give us better neutral ones, slash quests, slash whatever, that can do something. Something. Because, man, <laughs> the the generic ones, like, burn away is just bad. Like, that is not an answer to Wondervolt. I don't care how many times people say it. It's not. Yeah. Well, so this is a conversation that's going to continue. It's going to continue personally probably for us for the next half hour at the bare bare minimum. But I think in general in the community it's going to continue. And I think it's an important conversation to have whether or not even much change happens because of it. But I think it's important. It's an important conversation to have, so people are aware of where the format's trending and how the community as a whole is feeling. Well, since we're we've mentioned a lot about the custom sets, we've already gotten some. It's important to have the discussion so that everyone's aware of what people actually want to. Yeah, because. You can design a healthy, balanced format all you want. Let's face it, our community isn't the size of Hearthstone. It's not the size of Magic. 
we need to make sure that we're producing and building things around what people want to play. Yeah. But it's hard to know what people want if you don't open your mouth. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. that being said, everybody here, keep uh, mention- commenting. Let us know how you feel um, so we can continue to this ongoing discussion. Um, anything else to add, husband? Nope. I think that's All everything right. for now. Well, for now, I'm wife. I'm husband. Join us next time for more Random Thoughts. So for all other things Random Thoughts, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. At our website, randomsthoughts.wordpress.com, you can now find us on Facebook under the tag of Random Thoughts. Or find us on Twitter, at randthoughtpod. That's at R-A-N-D thought pod. And please feel free to reach out to us on Gmail at randomsthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon.